Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Good Night Show with me, Daniel Van Kirk. It is Wednesday, July 22nd, around 12 a.m., Rochelle, Illinois time, and I am glad that you are here. Once again, it's just me tonight, but it's Wednesday, so we're doing a mystery, so it's pretty much always going to be me for those. Anyway, Noah should be back tomorrow and we will get to uh, hear how his his break was and his and his trip and catch up with him in general. In the meantime, you can catch up with me. You can let me know what's going on. You got some positive stories, sex or relationship advice questions. I haven't uh, told you guys this, but we started a thing for the Patreon people. They already know. If you have a sex and relationship advice question, include what your porn search term is, your first one when you go to look for porn, if you do that sort of thing. If not, don't include it because we're not being fake here. When we get 10, I'm going to reveal mine. I know. You thought you were listening to a mystery and we're throwing porn terms at each other. That's okay. Just something to know. And if you're a Patreon member, you're already early on that tip. And we're pun intended, and we're having a lot of fun over there. So, but if you have a question about sex or relationship in your own life, you can let me know, hit me up with it. I will answer you like a friend who cares. You can also give me recommendations for things to read or watch, which I guess ties into porn searching. Anyway, if you want to do that, you can text or leave me a voicemail by calling 609 955. That's 609 644 4855, or email thegoodnightpod at gmail.com. I want to remind everyone that tomorrow is the next game night. So I can't wait to hang out with all of you guys. If you want to be a part of one, as well as a, some really fun game night announcements we're about to make, just email thegoodnightpod at gmail.com. Put game night in the subject. Hey, there's also a live Dumb People Town happening. That's Saturday, August 15th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time at Nowhere Comedy Club. Go to danielvankirk.com for tickets or nowherecomedyclub.com for tickets. It is going to sell out and it is going to be a great time. So you've got uh, plans on Saturday, August 15th if you want them. We do mysteries every once in a while. We do them every weekend, pretty much three times a month. You get one. If you're a Patreon member, you get a little bonus one, but once a month we give them out to everybody. So today is that it's a Wednesday. Wednesday moves around a lot. So we're doing a mystery today. I have not read this. I do not know what it is. That's what I like to have fun with because then I am uh, experiencing it maybe at the same time as you. We have sources. They come to us from the BBC as well as Wikipedia. So let's, let's jump into it. Today, we're going to be talking about the Isdal woman, I-S-D-A-L, the Isdal woman. The Isdal woman is a placeholder name. <laughs> That'd be crazy if that was her proper name. But the Isdal woman is a placeholder name given to an unidentified woman who was found dead at Isdalen or Ice Valley in Bergen, Norway, on November 29th, 1970. Although police at the time ruled a verdict of likely suicide, the nature of the case encouraged speculation and ongoing investigation over the years. Nearly half a century later, it remains one of the most profound Cold War mysteries in Norwegian history. Well, I'm going to tell you right there, you start throwing around Cold War, and that, I think we're going to get into the same thing we had with that uh, that fell on the beach. It's like one of the first or second mysteries we ever did. And they think he was a spy 
it seems like Cold War, they're saying that they think she was too. But why do we rule out? Why are we so quick to rule out the aliens? Sometimes when they put humans back on this planet, they screw it up. I don't know. I'm not really going down that road, but I bet someone, I bet that road's paved. I'll tell you that. I bet it's paved. Then I have a drawing of this woman who looks like every like original run unsolved mysteries. If you see this woman, that was my best uh, Robert Stack. So here we go. They say here, here's what happened. But is it what happened? Do we even know? On the afternoon of November 29th, a man and his two young daughters who would eventually need therapy were hiking in the foothills of the north face of Ulriken. This is there's something about the people who help me make this show that believes that there are no mysteries in this country, right? There must not be because why else would I only, I've, I've talked about three local things that I can remember. Okay. There was the murder in Chicago, which I'm sorry, was not much of a mystery. Then we've, we've talked about Edgar Allan Poe so many times because Noah just can't get enough of it. And then one time we got to talk about the guy who jumped out of the plane, DB Cooper. But other than that, we're overseas. Yeah. We're just like running around in places Dan can't pronounce. It's great. <laughs> I'm not genuinely bitching, but it does make it harder, especially when you want to do this on the fun. But well, you guys understand. All right. The foothills of the North Race of Yulriken. I tried. In an area known as Isdalen or Ice Valley. It was also nicknamed Death Valley due to the area's history of suicides in the Middle Ages. People just wanted out. And more recent, there was a lot of hiking accidents there. So yeah, Death Valley feels appropriate. Noting an unusual burning smell, one of the daughters then located the charred body of a woman. Did not see her being burned. Could be, now that may be more alien stuff. Surprised and fearful, the group returned to the town to notify police. The first officers to arrive at the scene noted there was an unmistakable stench of burning flesh in the valley. The source of the smell was the body of a woman wedged between several large rocks. She was so badly charred that she was completely unrecognizable, although her back and neck remained mysteriously burned. I guess this is a bad time to tell you some graphic depiction of dead bodies is going to be in this story. But also, I didn't know. The autopsy would later reveal that the woman had been alive when she started to burn. Okay, I'm really glad I gave that warning now. Despite the over 50 sleeping pills that were found in her stomach, how many, what, this is like, you're going to double kill somebody? There were several other odd elements to the crime scene. Although the woman's clothes were also heavily burned, the investigators noted that the labels had been strategically cut out. This is like our beach guy. Her belongings, including jewelry and a watch, had been removed and placed specifically around the body, which to one investigator looked as though it were some kind of ceremony. Okay, so we're getting into like true detective shit. Let's take a quick little break because you might need it. When we come back, there will be more words I don't know how to say. And uh, I bet we get into like the investigation and theories and stuff like that. All right, we'll be right back.
Lost Capital Foods creates fermented hot sauces and mustard in small batches from as much Minnesota sourced produce as possible. Their chef and CEO accepted the challenge to create tasty condiments with low sodium content. Not only does fermentation bump up the flavor, it also packs the sauces with healthy probiotic bacteria to keep your gut happy while you enhance your quarantine cuisine. Shipping is available nationwide from Lost Capital Foods, so find Lost Capital Foods on Instagram or go for broke and visit lostcapitalfoods.com. That's L-O-S-T-C-A-P-I-T-A-L-F-O-O-D-S.com and check out their online store today. That ad that you just heard was submitted by a listener, so it's one of you guys, and if you want to help out another part of the or member of the good night gang i don't know i'm trying it out you can do that by going to lostcapitalfoods.com okay we're back thanks for staying with us if you did when we last left you some woman named is dull was wedged between rocks, set on fire, stuffed with sleeping pills, but someone really cared about her jewelry. Okay? Here's the investigation. The police made no strides in identifying the lady who had become known as the Isdal woman after the valley in which she had been found. There was a break in the case when her fingerprints matched some luggage found at the Bergen train station. However, rather than shed light on the woman's name or origins, the contents of the luggage only further confounded the police. Clothing, prescription lotion, a diary, and a postcard were found. However, anything that could have identified the woman had again been purposely cut out, scraped off, or otherwise removed so that even the brands were a mystery. The postcard led police back to the Italian photographer who had given it to her. He told the investigators that he had had dinner with the woman once and did not really know her. In the end, he was able to provide the police he was unable to provide the police with any useful info. First of all, that seems like it was a dead end, but it feels like it shouldn't have been. Cuz why were they going to dinner? This is like in the 70s. There's no there's no Tinder or even grinder if you're cool. So that I, I, to me that doesn't feel like it should have been a dead end. But again, see this is where I get very like skeptical of everything. That person was probably a spy. When the police went through the diary, they found some coded entries, okay? Around this time, there were reports that the woman had been seen taking notes during a military test of new rockets in western Norway. However, this aspect of the investigation led nowhere. In addition to mundane items any traveler would carry, no reason to throw some shade on her, the cases were also contain the, the cases also contained several wigs and currencies from various countries. People. This is some Jason Bourne shit. Well, I mean, other than like a, like a, a, a sketch comedy performer on a European tour, like they're, you know, they're, they're doing like uh, Edinburgh, then w- what else would you have all this for? The police were eventually able to trace the origins of some of the items in the luggage and question the shop owners and other witnesses who had interacted with the Isdol woman. The witnesses interviewed by the police recall an elegant and well-dressed brunette woman who spoke English well, but with an accent of some kind. 
The trail eventually ended at the hotel she had last checked into, albeit under a face name, a false name. So, yeah, she's a liar. Here, investigators were able to determine that the nameless woman who had traveled all over Norway and Europe, she used different aliases and fake passports to check into hotels and that the codes in the diary connected to the places the woman had visited. Unfortunately, this is where the investigation dried up. I love that like every time I read a paragraph to you, that's like, and then they went down this road, dead end. Now, obviously it's a mystery, so you're going to you're going to end it. You're going to have a dead end no matter what. But it seems like every time they were supposed to get somewhere, they didn't. And it, there's also not much explanation as to why. Well, that didn't go anywhere. Like they don't even say people had alibis. Without any further leads, the police wound up declaring the Isdal woman's death a suicide <laughs> because of the sleeping pills found during the autopsy. I laughed because like, is that just what, is that just what you do when you're like, I Doug, I have no clue here. I don't know either, Harry. Suicide. Sounds good. At least she loved her jewelry. Although there was no clear explanation for the deliberate burning of the body or the remoteness of the location in which it was found. She was given a Catholic funeral. Who the hell said she wanted that? That was done in 1971, and the case was considered closed, was it? Despite the many unanswered questions. These are sound to me like cops who just wanted to go home. Okay, so here's a theory. Many questions remain unanswered about the case, especially the reasons for the woman's many identities and unexplained travel plans. The conclusion of the local police remains that of suicide. Given the doubts raised by this finding, the police and Norwegian intelligence were also suspected of being pressured to shut down and cover up the case. No shit. Multiple investigations point to the possibility that she was a spy, given the Cold War context of the time. Or how about all the other shit we just said? Norway has also experienced other strange disappearances in the 1960s, close to military installations, which also track back to international espionage. The declassified records of the Norwegian National Defense also reveal that many of the women's movements seem to correspond to top secret trials of the Penguin Missile. A fisherman is also reported to have recognized the unknown woman while observing military movements in Stavanger. Stavanger? We'll never know. The possession of nine fake passports, Jason Bourne, also imply the involvement of a very professional organization. Similarly, counterintelligence activities by Mossad in Europe at the time may also be linked. And I guess we have some later developments, friends. The taxi driver who took the Isdol woman from the hotel to the station was never found. In 1991, however, a taxi driver wishing to remain anonymous said that after picking up the unknown woman at the hotel, they were joined by another man before the station. In 2005, a Bergen resident who was 26 in 1970 told a local newspaper that after seeing the sketch circulated, he had suspected that the dead woman was the woman he had seen five days before the body was found when he was hiking on a hillside in Floyen. Surprisingly, I know I'm not even going to say I tried because I feel like I nailed it. Surprisingly, she was dressed lightly for the city rather than a hike and was walking ahead of two men wearing coats who looked Southern. I would love to know what that means. She appeared resigned and seemed about to say something to him, but didn't. 
He went to someone he knew at the police to report this, but was told to, in Soprano terms, forget about it. Therefore, neither his name nor his alleged sighting was recorded at the time. I wish you guys could see the face I'm making. This is like the Chicago thing. In 2016, the case was reopened. And NRK, which is Norway's government-owned TV radio broadcaster, commissioned the American artist Stephen Missel to create six alternative sketches of the Isdell woman, where, which were shown to people who had seen her. In 2017, stable isotope analysis of her teeth, taken from her unburied jawbone, somebody wanted to keep it, indicated that the woman had been born in about 1930, just like Rosemary in or near Nuremberg, Germany, but had moved to France or the France-Germany border as a child. This reinforced earlier analysis of her handwriting, which suggested that she had been educated in France or a neighboring country. Analysis also indicated that she had been to a dentist in either East Asia, Central Europe, Southern Europe, or South America. I mean, that narrows it down. NRK and the BBC published a podcast series titled Death in Ice Valley, which included interviews with eyewitnesses and forensic scientists. So there's a podcast out there you can check out if you want to. Don't leave me, but work it in if you have the time. It's called Death in Ice Valley. BBC, they do a great job. In June 2019, the BBC revealed that listeners of the podcast had given some more clues. Further, Colleen Fitzpatrick, a geneticist with the DNA Doe Project, contacted the Death in Ice Valley team to offer her help in identifying the woman through genetic, genealogical, isotope testing of autopsied tissues. You can find Death in Ice Valley wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. Yes, wild death. But she was a spy. I'm just telling y'all. She was a spy. So if she was crushing it in the spy game, she didn't even have any relationships. So nobody even cares that she died. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that always wondered what happened to their daughter, but they're probably not alive anyway either. Like, I don't know. I'm not an unsympathetic person. You know me. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. These two southern-looking dudes killed her. And the reason she didn't say anything is because she knew the game. And she played it. And lost. I don't like the way she died. I feel like that's horrific. But I also feel like she was definitely on board for what she signed up for. Because she... She'd be a spy, y'all. Tonight's episode of The Good Night Show was produced by Noah Eberhardt, who was engineered and mixed by Brendan Lynch-Solomon, with production assistance from Ben Zyper and Lissa Rubin. The theme music was composed by Chad Bouchard, and the artwork was created by C.M. Dugan. You can check out more of his work at cmdugan.com. If you enjoyed tonight's show, you can get more content at patreon.com slash thegoodnightshow. There you can sign up for The Good Night Show Weekend Edition, as well as exclusive weekly episodes just like the one you just heard of some of our favorite topics. Plus, you get a super cut of this entire week's worth of shows as well as access to the entire back catalog of the Hindsight Podcast. There are three Patreon tiers available and the most comprehensive option is less than 10 bucks a month. Now, The Good Night Show is not part of any network, which means all the proceeds go directly to the cost and people that keep this show on the air. Your support matters and is greatly appreciated. One way to support is to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and tell everyone you know about this little show. Thank you again for listening. I'm Daniel Van Kirk. And remember... No man is a failure who has friends.
Good night. Good night.